Okay, so welcome to Fandom and Wellness, a podcast about the complex relationship between fandom and mental health. We are not psychiatrists or psychologists. We are just fangirls with a vested interest in mental health. I'm Arkita. I'm Jenny. And I'm Danielle. This week, we have a special guest on the show, Rose Delvecchio of Fanmail. Say hi, Rose. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, uh, so Jenny is the other half of Fanmail. And I know, as I discussed, I met Fanmail through Jordan Denae. And then I met Rose, I believe, at Geek Girl Con. Yeah. Am I right with that? Yeah. I, either you came to my booth or I came to your booth. I don't remember. I snuck but up. I think you snuck up. <laughs> God, I like the creeping. Yeah. Fair <laughs> how, how do you know Arkita? I don't uh, know. No. <laughs> no. I think this is our first official meeting, to be honest. Like, ah, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know of you. I know that yeah. you're really amazing and awesome, but yeah, I don't think I've ever like. I don't even know. Like maybe we've been in the same space before, but like not interacted when there's like too many people. What's that thing? The fangirls night out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were probably in the like we were probably inhabiting <laughs> the same space and then never actually got introduced. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That that sounds accurate. Well, how do you two know each other, Rose and Jenny? <laughs> Would you like? Because I'd never heard that story. A long, long time ago. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. Well, way back in uh, fall of 2010, we god, started god. at the same college on the same floor. Yes. And you were friends with my roommate. Mm-hmm. And I had a shitty group of friends, and then eventually made my way into a much better group of friends that included Jenny. <laughs> Jenny is it's pretty great, so I could understand yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, but we we've That's- known each other. Pretty much since week one of college. Yeah, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's um, cool. Yeah, and then um, Rose had an idea. Yeah. <laughs> she had an idea. <laughs> for a group of superheroes to get together and... <laughs> for business. Oh, actually, it wasn't I, called It wasn't film. called Fan Mail then. <laughs> oh, my God. What was it called? The original name, which we make fun of all the time, was Trinket Box. (laughs) That's so cute. That is really adorable. It was, but then my brother kept suggesting it as like the real name. And so we'd be coming up with stuff and we'd be like, oh my God, but what about like Trinket Box? That would be really good. And I was like, Benjamin, stop. Is it your business, Benjamin? I know. (laughs) He's like, yes. (laughs) And originally we're going to do like a... Like a t-shirt company mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, like monthly t-shirts. Yeah, with like artists com- coming in to do, like, it was kind of... But like, you kind of do. I mean, you have t-shirts yeah. in your box sometimes. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's a little more than that now, luckily. For sure. Um, but yeah, and then we started that how many years ago? I don't know. Three to four years ago. No, we uh, we started talking in late late 2015, I think. No. I think it's... Well, sorry, it was late 2014. 14, yeah. And then we basically waffled back and forth about hitting live right. for a long time. And then finally, like in May, I was like, F this. 
<laughs> and I just let our website go live, and then yeah. we got a hundred subscribers. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Which was wow. by luck. It was totally by luck. Um, we I happened to use the correct hashtag, um, and so there's actually a woman whose name is Liz Cadman. She runs my subscription addiction, and I was just like researching hashtags to use. Saw that a lot of subscription boxes were using that hashtag. Made our first post and was like, "Hey, check us out!" You know, like we just opened. Is that still a popular hashtag? Uh, I mean, it's her. It's like hers, I think. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I inadvertently used her hashtag for her website. Um, and then she was like kind enough, like without even like, I don't think I reached out to her or anything. She just posted about us and said, I, here's a new box that popped up on my feed and mm -hmm. here's what it looks like. And, uh, we still send her boxes. Every box we make, she gets. Yeah. So. She's well, she's, yeah, she's a very popular subscription box yeah. website yeah. so then i guess if you're starting a subscription box use that hashtag mm -hmm. yeah, or reach out to liz because she's really awesome yeah, um, and now we're to someday meet her in person but we've emailed a lot and talked mm -hmm. on the phone and stuff so so now we're subscription box pros so yes obviously okay. <laughs> <laughs> um so do we want to go around and uh say our pronouns real quick yeah yeah uh, i use she her yeah, me too as well. Uh, she and her. Uh, and she and hers as well. And Rose is. Also she and her. All right. Got it. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Well, you just told us a little bit about fan mail, mm -hmm. um, yeah. which I failed to do last mm -hmm. episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we... <laughs> it was the first episode. At the very end, I was like, oh, crap. I forgot to say anything about what we do or our companies or anything. And I was just like, the little pedal does this and female does this and uh, chic geek does this. And... <laughs> yep. Whoops. All right. Anyway, um, well, why don't you tell us a little about yourself in general and your relationship with fandom? Um, yeah. Do you want? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I <clears throat> lifelong fangirl. My dad actually has uh, you should you should consider interviewing him at some point um, okay he actually Definitely. runs a small business called cinequest.com he's been running it for over 20 years at this point mm -hmm. um he actually started out collecting comic books back in the day and then selling them um he was one of the first people to even like know about ebay he went and visited them one that's they were in crazy basement. so he's been doing that for a long 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 time which means that i have grown up with fandom and pop culture just in my life um i really like spider-man that was my first nice spider-man and star wars um and then in terms of like who i am today um i work outside of fan mail as an assistant director of the office for wellness promotion at a university outside of philadelphia and um I have a dog and a partner. <laughs> we live in Philadelphia. My fan mails run out of New Hampshire. Um, my parents are kind enough to house the main bulk of our operations. And I do a lot of traveling and I do a lot of saying hi to people and, and warming my way into people's hearts. I, I worked on Jordan for like a while. <laughs> um, and that's a lot of what I do. And I'm like, how do you wink? You winked when you said that. <laughs> I really like Jordan. I remember Does anyone when, not really like Jordan? I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a thing. The no. series, like the literal definition of a Hufflepuff. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And as comfortable as you are talking about mental health, what would you say your relationship with mental health is? Um, it's something I think about every day, right? So, like mental. So mm -hmm. one, I I work 
a lot in wellness. And so I do a lot of talking about different aspects of mental health for my own personal mental health. Um, I don't think I knew it for a really long time, but I struggle with anxiety. Um, it's a pretty, I'm lucky enough to have a pretty manageable amount of anxiety, but I've had times in my life where it's been um, pretty, pretty overwhelming. Um, I moved to Philadelphia without a job and that was probably the lowest my mental health has been. And yeah. my anxiety made it incredibly difficult to live in a big city um, without feeling like I could only go like 10 steps outside my door. I didn't know where I was going. I was gonna mm -hmm. get lost, which is funny with technology. Obviously I wasn't gonna get lost, but like that didn't stop my brain right. from making it feel like I was gonna get lost. Um, and I think right now I'm currently in a much better headspace and in therapy and like all of that good stuff, which took me a Yeah, Yay, therapy. Yeah, yeah. I am a strong advocate for everybody who can afford therapy to go and find a way to get therapy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, there are clinics that offer it for lower cost or even yeah. free, depending on what your insurance is. Yeah, yeah. Or lack of insurances. Exactly. Yeah, lack of insurance. <laughs> yeah. If anyone is curious about what it's, I want. I want us to get a Talkspace uh, sponsorship. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's number one goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my therapist is actually out of network for my, um, health insurance. And so I'm also happy to talk to anybody about what that process is like, but it's pretty easy once you have a person you like to talk to them about it, but mm -hmm. is that more expensive? Uh, it means I pay out of pocket and then get reimbursed by my insurance, oh, but it was hard to find out. They, they have this number that insurance is called like the maximum amount that they'll cover. Mm -hmm. And basically they, each different insurance gets to decide what they think the max for a session of therapy is. Right. And so they don't tell you what that number is. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh. What? They won't tell you. Um, it's like after I've the asked, session? Um, it's like the insurance providers won't necessarily have it. They just tell you that they have a maximum and they might, you might be able to convince a customer service person to give you a ballpark, but like I could not get a specific number from my insurance. And so my provider and I decided that we would cap it at a hundred dollars a session in the hopes that I would get 80% of that back. Right? right. And so we had to test it. We had to test the system, wow. submit the claim. I had to That's wait terrifying. 30 days, 30 business days or whatever to find out if, if that was going to be the what they what? so did you yeah. wait 30 business days before having a second session no i still i go to therapy every week and so yeah she was essentially just like you know we'll wait and see and then if i have to give you money back i'll give you money back you know what i mean so she was really good at good for you for taking that initiative to like take care of yourself yeah self-care is important but it it's is. uh it's it's a tough system to navigate I hate yeah that. thank you for telling us about that process of course uh, we we like to ask. Well, I'd say we like to ask our guests. You're our first guest. We <laughs> will be asking our guests. <laughs> and I asked Jenny and Arkita like why they wanted to do this podcast with me. So why were you interested in coming on our podcast? I mean, you obviously talked about it's because it's fair. Your love of mental health and everything. And yeah, it's wellness. <laughs> um, no, it's literally you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, essentially, it's the intersection that I live in every day, and I'm lucky enough that I get to do wellness work. Um, in a way that like I have a supervisor who is obsessed with Harry Potter, but yes. also like understands <laughs> how we can interact with people and talk about mental health using pop culture. Um, and so when Jenny said that y'all were starting this, I was really pumped about it because it's like the perfect topic because fandom just helps facilitate a lot of conversations I don't think we would normally have or not as easily anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> really good 
So we also like we talked about this a little in the last episode about like the characters we most identify with. Um, is there a character that you identify with? And I know, you, did... I know you said you love Spider Man. Yeah, I do love Spider Man. Um, I do not think I'm anything like Peter Parker though. And I think that's a good thing. <laughs> um... yeah, I think that's a good thing. Not that it's yeah. a bad thing, but like I think so. I think the character, so they're, they're like two different ways I interpreted this. So I asked, actually asked my partner about this because I was like, I don't know that there's like a specific character that I identify with. And she was like, well, you really like Steve Harrington. And I was like, okay, but I really like Steve Harrington because he's like a perfect representation about how something can be seemingly toxic masculinity. And, um, you know, and it actually turns out that he's the epitome of like a healthier version of masculinity. But in terms of like personally who I identify with, um, I think I identify most with Merlin. Um, oh yeah, wow. like throwback. Oh just because, yeah, throw it all the way back. Yeah, just because there's a lot of like um, whether or not the creators intended, there's a queer analogy there for queerness and magic mm-hmm. and 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 the connection and intersectionality of having to hide part of yourself, a pretty integral part of yourself. And so, um, I think Merlin will always hold a special place in my heart for that because oh my god, that show is so gay. <laughs> <laughs> but like gay in all the ways right so yeah. like morgana and um you know guinevere and so like i think that that show for me really represented like a healthier like you could see like that combined with fandom mm-hmm. right i wouldn't just take merlin as a character but also merlin through fanfic through people's interpretations right. and all of that has has really i think impacted my own personal journey oh i can't wait for your dissertation on it I would love to. I don't know if I could ever get anyone to sign off on the dissertation, but there's a lot of. I feel like there's a nowadays there's more yeah, that's fandom true. and that's true. Uh, mental health, especially yeah and, yeah, and queerness, yeah. So, um, yeah. I, did I tell you that I chose Clark Kent right, from did Smallville? You? From Smallville, oh, <laughs> yeah, specifically. No, no, no. That's a yeah. good interpretation of, of Clark. Yeah, because a lot of people grew up with him and yeah. watching yeah. him on the TV. Yeah, yeah, I've been rewatching the series. It's a lot. <laughs> so many, so many episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm rewatching Psych right now, but I don't think I, I, I would identify with either. I, I sometimes wish I had different aspects of them, but oh right. my god, Sean Spencer's kind of a jerk. So, <laughs> and the, yeah, if, if an he, actual human did what he did, I would hate him. He's got that confidence that is unimaginable <laughs> you know yeah yeah um true. okay that's that's a great answer i love merlin too thank you so just going back to your job as a health educator slash assistant director this doesn't sound so so great i know being an so assistant director um i've heard you talk a little bit about holistic wellness before but what does it what does holistic wellness mean to you yeah. Um, I think uh, wellness is everything. So actually our wellness philosophy for my department covers 10 different dimensions of wellness. I would try to name them all, oh but my I'm God. a little worried I'm going to miss them, but I can give it a shot if you want. But essentially... Maybe the, maybe the most important ones. Well, the most important, the ones that we talk about the most, um, yeah. physical health, mental health, social wellness, environmental wellness, financial wellness, and sexual wellness. Okay. Um, and then there's also like identity or multicultural wellness, which mm-hmm. I find is an incredibly important part of my work. And so when we talk about wellness, um, and specifically in the university setting, it's admitting that everything that we do 
regardless like like who we are impacts our abilities to be like academically well at university and so if you are struggling with finances or if you are struggling with some part of your identity or if you are struggling with some other aspect of like not having a home to go to that's going to impact your grades right and so like yeah recognizing that they're all interconnected and that's sort of like holistic wellness is recognizing that um, if one part of your life um, is really impacting you then it's going to be impacting other parts Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yes. That's, I don't know if there's yeah. another part of the question. No, I mean, that, that's, that's great. And how do you incorporate fandom into your role as a health educator? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's doing presentations that have to do with Harry Potter. <laughs> um, Wait, what, what I, is, what is your Hogwarts house? We're not talking about ours until our Harry Potter episode, oh, but okay. I want to know what yours is. I am a Ravenclaw. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, that was obvious. <laughs> um, um, but I, yeah, I am a Ravenclaw. I did go through a little crises because Pottermore sorted me into Hufflepuff. And so for a while, I tried to live as a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it didn't work out. It just didn't work oh out. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, so I mean, in terms of incorporating fandom, so I do have my own office space um, and it is filled with artwork from a lot of my favorite people in the fandom world um so i've got jen bartell represented mm -hmm. in there i've got a few others and i've got a bunch of stuff from fan mail as well because we've done a lot of artwork mm -hmm. um so part of that is creating an office that people can kind of look around when they're uncomfortable and maybe see something that they would want to talk to me about instead of what we're supposed to be talking about which is a good way to get people to open up so they like you know know that i might like something that they like or something similar right um, and then the second part is really with intentional programming. So not all of my programs revolve around um, pop culture as much as I would like, but I have done, you know, leadership styles in your Hogwarts house, or, you know, if you're getting ready to go over break, go home over break, creating a parallel between Harry going away from Hogwarts <laughs> and back to Privet Drive and like, how can you ready yourself? mental health wise and be ready to compromise and, and know that things have changed after your first college semester yeah um, i feel like harry needed you <laughs> yeah. you were lacking in his life um but he he ends up being a pretty good representation of how i would love people to to think a little more intentionally prior to them going home um after being away for a little while so how many prints do you pick up at every convention? Because I know that every convention I do, I leave with like way too many. Uh, too many. Yeah. Too many. It's one of those things that um, my partner wishes I bought less of, but their art is typically easier to transport than a yeah. lot of other yeah. things. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at your walls right now. Yeah, yeah this is actually <laughs> just um, a small representation of what I have in my office is like way more filled, but I, I don't know. It's one of those things that like, I, I would get mad at myself, but I just love, I love talking to someone about their work. I love that. Um, you know, a lot of artists at smaller shows, um, they usually have like a dollar something that's like less than $5. Right. Mm -hmm. and so something small, some way that I can still give them money right. um, without like breaking the bank. Right. And so for me, it's like an important aspect of like making that connection and proving to them that I'm, I am invested in them as a human and also in their financial wellness. Right. And so if I can give them five bucks, if I can give them, you know, more yeah. than I will. But Conventions like are very expensive to do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and having been on the other side of that, knowing yeah. that like anything helps. And so um, it's like a, it's a good connecting point, but also like I, 
I don't tend to, I, I've noticed that like, I, especially now that I have so much artwork, um, I'm collecting certain things and I like that too. Um, so I've started to collect like women characters that I really identify mm -hmm. with or women characters from artists that I really, really appreciate their interpretations. So I have a lot of Jubilee in my collection right now. Oh, awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. From all different artists. And so that's been a lot of fun. So yeah, that's I don't great. know. I don't want to ever stop. But no, I also no. don't know that I'll ever no. be able to display I mean, all of it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was gonna say, I, my rule of thumb is as long as I can display it, I can keep buying it. <laughs> and no. so that's why I bought a house just so I could display <laughs> artwork. That makes sense. That, to me. Yeah, that's, yeah. I still haven't hung any of my artwork that I've had for like the last five years of cons. You you have to hang it. It'll make your I, life, your yeah. daily life, feel so much better. <laughs> yeah, I need like, to. Like, I had all of my artwork not hung when I was living in Brooklyn until, like, maybe the last, like, like the second to last year. And I, fung I finally hung everything up, and I was like, oh, my God, I finally like being here. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's, like, a reminder of memories, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I like Surround yourself with things you love. Yeah. Yeah, like you guys. Me, but you oh! <laughs> 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 Why? <laughs> You should actually do like you know, print out your little uh, profile photo and each hang it up. That would be so cute, guys. <laughs> oh, that is a really cute photo. Oh my gosh, I miss that. I miss that dragon gum. Yeah, no, that was like a really good weekend. That was my first year going, and same having you guys, having you all there was like what kind of made it better for me because I was really, really scared and nervous, like. The entire time like going down i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god what am i gonna do yeah my husband was so happy that you two were there he's like he's like you get to hang out with jenny and arkita <laughs> i was like yeah he's like good i love them oh we love them too he said yeah, your positive influences on my life yeah you should go too rose oh yeah to go next year so we'll go. see um yeah she's yeah. so much are you ever gonna are you ever gonna try to get a booth um, or a table i get a table so, not a booth it's less expensive yeah i mean it's it's so hard so a lot of what we do for fan mail and assessing our finances and stuff it's usually that cons aren't worth it for us to go mm -hmm. as vendors because we have to travel there oh i know <laughs> um so that's that's probably not because if it's going to be my first year i don't know that i necessarily that i want to be vending anyway because that's like an added um dimension of worrying about finances all weekend right so um, if you just want to have fun yeah we, yeah we wouldn't want to vend yeah so we'll mm -hmm. see it depends it, it also depends on like you know like i've split booths with jordan too so she feels like she's got some space to share then we might be able to do that so all future plans if jordan listens to this you do not have to split a booth with me oh my god <laughs> suggestion so far both episodes we've talked about jordan quite a lot i have a <laughs> That's hysterical. I'm sure she appreciates it. <laughs> but for anyone who doesn't know, check out Jordan Denae because I can't decide I... if we should have her on immediately or never. Like to just like keep the <laughs> We now know she exists within our realm. Keep the mystery alive. <laughs> like is Jordan actually a real human? Who knows? She's just a legend, actually. Yeah. yeah. So Rose. You seem to have quite a history with fandom growing up with pop culture with your father and all the prints you collected. <laughs> but like, 
do you mind delving into it some more and talking to us about like how fandom helps you relieve your anxiety yeah I don't know what my life would be like without it right and so that's one thing that I will acknowledge is that um I don't remember a time when I wasn't obsessed with something (laughs) um and you know that's something being always connected to pop culture so being obsessed with star wars when i was really really young um and then being obsessed with spider-man luckily my brother was also obsessed with spider-man which really helped but um i think our history like my history with fandom is really that i see it as a hobby for sure but also just like life force in a lot of ways and so that's a good way to put it yeah i like that yeah and even like fandoms that you wouldn't typically think about so in chinese culture um there's the monkey king and Mm -hmm. the monkey king travels around with his companions and he is essentially a superhero i mean he 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 really does have superpowers um and he's mischievous and i was born in the year of the monkey so i strongly (laughs) identified with him as well and so like that was also quote unquote fandom right and so being a fangirl of that wanting i still if i see a creator who's created a monkey king print at a convention i'm buying it i'm buying it that's amazing like it's it showed up a lot more in the last couple years which has been even more exciting and then through growing up you find different things that help you in certain times right and so prior to harry potter which is hard to believe that there was a time before (laughs) harry potter i really liked the his dark materials series um Mm. didn't understand you know nearly as much as i do now the grappling with religion and the church but it's very fascinating to me that like that was and continues to be one of my favorite books and so the way it helps with my mental health is i think that i've always been an introvert i've always connected with people first in fandom and you know it's one of those things that I, I hope to continue to find things. I was obsessed with Merlin for a really long time. So it was like Harry Potter, Merlin, Doctor Who. I mean, Doctor of Who course, was my yes. jam for a while, you know? And so I think there's always been something that has helped me filter the world a little bit mm-hmm. in times when I have been really, really stressed out. And so I think that that really helps. Yeah, I think I answered the question. I often think about whether like fandom helps but also whether we you say filter the world but do you do you think it's a little bit of filtering a little bit of avoiding uh at all i don't tend to do a lot of avoiding okay. unless it's well that's um, healthy <laughs> well and I that's a lot healthier i'm a procrastinator right. But I don't often think, I think I've, I've changed. I think I've changed and learned that shutting my brain off for a little while and playing a video game instead of doing my work isn't a bad thing. Right. And so I think I've just learned to reframe it. And as long as I'm still getting my stuff done, as long as I'm still being productive, and as long as I am not just doing the video games mm-hmm. you know i see that as like there's a there there is a line and i and i often like cite my partner in this too right so i was somebody who binge watched like a lot of television in college like Netflix. Just, like, yeah yeah um my partner likes to watch one episode of something during dinner and then shut it off I don't what? that's yeah. amazing what? i try to do that i what try very hard to be like lunch break here we go dinner break here we go right, right. She does it very successfully. And and of course, she still binges stuff. Like, she binged the last season of Daredevil in a day. So I'm not saying, like, exclusively she does that. But we watch one episode of Psych. 
with dinner every night and then if we have time like on a friday night i'll request a second episode and then because we watch it together um she goes all right i think i can do one or i'm gonna go play video games why don't you watch a second one um and so like it has given me structure so i can't say that i did it myself um <laughs> that's okay. it doesn't matter for a really long time so it's uh it's definitely yeah. like created a schedule for me it's okay to lean on other people Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. It's important, actually. As long as they know you're leaning on them. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Uh, what? So, like, when I before I was a business owner, when I would go to conventions, my favorite thing was going to panels. Now, as a business owner, I never get to do that anymore. So, my favorite thing is just like when my customers are visiting me, so I can give them hugs and take funny photos with them. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite thing about conventions, and is it different when you're vending versus when you're just like? hanging out jenny can speak to this i don't know how to just be an attendee <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I can't do it either i like now i have to have a safe space behind my booth otherwise my anxiety goes absolutely bonkers yeah yeah and in this in that same vein right i don't know that i've actually until the last couple of years ever gone to a convention and not been vending at least on behalf of my dad's business same so literally but not, but not your dad's business i, I have not <laughs> <for> your dad. <laughs> yet um my dad was so funny he was saying that he went onto someone's website the other day and realized that he recognized everybody and i was like yeah is it mine all of, maybe but it's like, <laughs> all of my friends i was like is it mine <laughs> because yeah. it's a lot of you <laughs> right. exactly but like you know he's like whoa i've never gone to a website and realized i recognize like 90 percent of the people modeling this stuff and I was, oh, or jordan's jordan again jordan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think he told me what it was but he mentioned it and i thought that was funny so um yeah so we've been you know i've been an exhibitor more often than i've been an attendee and so even when i'm just an attendee um the first year of Fan, their second year of fan mail was when I was going to things more as an attendee. And that's when I say I wormed my way into Jordan's heart. I literally didn't know what to do with myself. And so I would stand near her booth. Do you yeah, have I have I have a lot of uh, customers who do that. Um, one of my favorites actually did it so much that she learned like the whole spiel that I give. Because like my my dresses is like it's a lot of talking. So she like learned the whole spiel. And would just start giving it to people when they would come up to give our voices a break because like me and my booth queen Leanna would always lose our voices. So she would just give it to them. And I finally was just like, do you just like want a job? Do you just like want to work for me? And so now I bring her to conventions with me. Her name's Lisette. She rules. Oh, she's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, I, but I have tons of girls who do that too. Because it's <laughs> like, um, when you find another like geek girl company that you relate to, it just helps so much with your social anxiety. I feel yeah. like kind of like what I did before I officially met you and just like went yeah. to your booth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just to hang out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. I mean, it's a really, I think it's a really good way to get to know people. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that came up when you were talking in my head, now I've forgotten it. So maybe it doesn't, not as relevant, but I just think there's something to be said also, like it's a lot easier for me to talk up a vendor that I really like um, mm -hmm. than it yep. is for them to sell their own shit. And so if I can help them, it's always hard to talk about yourself. Yeah. Um, and so I would much prefer to be there and be like, you should check out this rad person's stuff um, and make it easier on them than, you know, not help them right yeah I, it's just it's, I, it's like a natural fit i like now i often don't get like i personally am not usually the one who gives the spiel to new customers i'm usually talking to like 
just like repeat people who come up who already own my dresses because I'm like, I don't, I feel awkward. I don't want to <laughs> keep doing this. I'd rather talk to the people who already know what's going on. <laughs> I was like, Leanne and Lissette can handle that. They're gonna... <laughs> Which is like a relief, right? Yes. It, it, it awesome con last year. I, I had a third um, amazing person helping me and yeah, like I felt like I didn't have to do anything other than talk to people who already own dresses. That's awesome. I just got to hang out the whole time at my booth. I was like, this rules! <laughs> Goals. Goal- Goals indeed, yeah. It was very good. So, um, did we talk about how you keep your anxiety down and your mental health in check when you're at conventions? Wait, I don't think we have talked about that. Um, I think a lot of it I've actually learned about in the last couple of years. So like I said, because I was... Uh, an exhibitor for so long there's a different kind of there's a switch so I'm an introvert and there's a switch I turn on when I'm at conventions and Jenny and I have discussed this in depth there's a switch that I turn on where I become this person who can talk to anybody Um, and part of that is having to sell the stuff that we have at the booth and part of that is you know acknowledging that this world is not set up for an introvert exhibitor who's just chilling at the booth and not talking to anybody, right? Yeah. So um, I have had many a conversation with people about fandoms I do not care about, but I am incredibly yeah. excited about it. <laughs> I, yeah, I know those feelings. <laughs> um, you know, and it's, so it's, it's, it's managing it, right? So it's managing and acknowledging that at the end of the convention weekend, I'm probably not going to want to give hugs. I'm probably not going to want to touch anybody. I just want to go home and like shut down for a couple of days. And so it's acknowledging that the person I am at conventions, while is, she is a part of me, uh, she's a different part of me that kind of only comes out at conventions or similar functions. Um, and that's been, when I'm just as an attendee, that's been really hard for me because that switch hasn't been as easy to find when you're not behind the booth. And so I think that the way I've coped with that is finding people that I like who I can then say, hey, need to go to the bathroom. I'll cover your booth for a while. You know, like getting mm-hmm. to that level to be like, okay, hey, we need people like you. Yeah. And yeah. you need you need people like you at your booth. <laughs> Anyone listening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I actually really like San Diego Comic Con is one of our most hectic conventions. Um, and I actually really like that balance of one, I'm trapped, quote unquote, trapped in my booth because there's not a lot of space and I can't really leave. But it also like is really nice to find somebody who you're talking to a lot of people that you don't know and then suddenly they're like almost like out of the crowd a familiar face shows up you know and you're like I like this person and um, I think it's really interesting like I feel like friendships are formed faster in convention settings too yes or like this is a familiar face let me give you a hug whereas like I maybe wouldn't have hugged you in real life until way later, but like, there's just something about like being like, oh my gosh, I feel connected to you in this moment. You are calming me in this moment. And let me acknowledge that in a very outward way. Well, yeah, there's something to be said about friendships forged in high stress situations. Yeah, for sure. And conventions are high stress situations. I feel like at the same time, you understand that conventions are high stress, but it's also kind of a safe space for you because you're around your people and the people that kind of understand what you may or may not be dealing with because they also could be dealing with the same thing, you know? I think that's a more recent thing for me. I don't yeah. experienced that before. I, I think like with more geek girl companies yeah. coming up, it's helping more women and non-binary people feel safer. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, 
I mean, I, I, oh God, the number of conventions I've been at where it's just been people I don't identify with, right, but liked the same things. I've talked to, to many uh, a guy about Doctor Who, but never felt like we really got in depth, right? But I was so excited to be talking to somebody about Doctor Who mm -hmm. at a time when no one else in my life was was doing that. So I acknowledge the role that they played, but I'm really happy now that I'm getting more more interaction and more like a deeper level of like yeah because like geek girls have always existed it's just they haven't felt comfortable going to those spaces before yeah now it's like I now it's a fucking revolution yeah <laughs> yeah um you you mentioned that after conventions you need to kind of like recharge for a bit i know that after i vend i i like have to just like kind of sleep for like three days straight because i'm so like worn out because i'm not like i'm a very very social person when i am in public but otherwise i do not leave my house ever so like after conventions i just need to totally zone out and like be alone well or, or like with my husband and dogs but I, is that the same for you guys <laughs> yeah they, no they're, they're cuddle buddies they don't count uh is that the same for you guys and arkita is that the same for you as someone who just uh, cosplays at conventions yes absolutely after like yeah i'm a very social person at the convention at conventions even though i kind of tend to be more of a a solo con goer like i'll go with a group and then separate but just being around so many people it's a lot and, and having to interact with so many people in such a short span of time by the end of it i'm just like i can't i can't fathom the thought of having any more human interaction and i kind of do go into this shutdown mode well, yeah, I probably won't talk to anyone for. Yeah, I always wonder if that's like a universal thing or if it's just me. So, <laughs> no, it absolutely is. And as a cosplayer, sometimes where it's like it's one of those days where every five feet you can't even get to one end of a building because someone's like, I want your photo, I want your photo. And you're just like, by the end of that, I'm like, I don't want anybody around <laughs> me. Like, I just yeah. want to be in a corner and have hot chocolate and be left alone <laughs> yeah is that yeah. the so that's the same for you guys rose and jenny yeah so rose and jenny are together at one house and me and arcade are at separate houses so yes. sometimes i'm just saying rose and jenny because they're sitting next to each other yeah. you guys can't see it but i can see it yeah um but to answer your question i think in terms of that shutdown um yes yeah, so mm -hmm. I try to make sure that on a day, so I don't typically have days off between when I'm traveling back to get to Philly and working like the next day. You only have so much time off at a job, you know? And so I I try to make sure that at least my morning the next day is not filled with any meetings. And so yeah. that way I don't have to jump right in. I can spend a little bit of time with my door closed, um, staring off into space a little bit before I really hop back into and, I, and I'll do my email because my email for me is something that's like very organizational um and so when I get to work I'm like at least if I look at my email I'm still being productive but I don't have to interact with anybody and so it's finding that like in between space um and then usually I'll try not to hang out with anyone at night for like a while oh god yeah <laughs> sorry not leave my house oh you wanted to see me no <laughs> you can come here yeah yeah, exactly. Jenny, was it was it different after drag after just like attending Dragon Con versus when you vend? Um, I obviously prefer to attend conventions as a attendee, just because it's just more fun, and I don't need to have social interaction if I don't want to. 
as opposed to a vendor who has to do it all day. We're the opposite experience. I would much rather be an exhibitor. I would much rather be an exhibitor. Yeah. I I can't go as an attendee. I just can't do it. Yeah. I'm like, where is my place? What am I I doing? Going for long enough as an attendee that, and more often as an attendee that I'm more used to that. And yeah, I just, I, I, just don't I don't need to be I don't need to be a vendor because uh I like to have I like to experience all the I do like the panels and I like to experience um all the things that you don't get to experience as a vendor necessarily what was it like vending on your own this year for the first time it was okay um I I don't (laughs) know if you find yourselves doing that thing where you you literally put on a different face as as soon as they turn around you take it off I go under my table. I go under my table to frown for like a second. What? Because I, <laughs> because I'm not normally a social person, but when I'm in public, I am, and I am naturally. But it, it's just like your face starts hurting after a while mm-hmm. if you're smiling yeah. for four days straight sure. for like twelve hours a day. Like your face starts hurting, literally. So I sometimes I just go under the table and I just frown to make my face not hurt (laughs) and i come back up and i'm like okay like because i I love being there and i love talking to everyone but your face starts hurting if you're smiling that much i don't know with a frown on your face on your table and it's kind of the cutest thing in my head (laughs) hey you have to do what you have to do yes you do you gotta do what you gotta do yeah that's exactly what i mean But 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 so is your recharge different though, Jenny? If you're attending versus if you're vending, I would say that I do need. I don't. I. It's still you're still in a convention center all day for four <laughs> days straight or whatever. So it's it's still. I still feel like I need a lot of time to recharge from either one. But I think in the same way as Rose said, I don't really want to talk to anybody for a while, especially after. <laughs> being a vendor yeah i think i actually find that i need more recharge time after being an attendee and maybe it's because it's not a typical experience for me and it's more draining um but i think that when i'm an attendee i find that my bounce back time is a lot longer and i find myself getting a little bit more overwhelmed as an attendee just in crowds and so oh, yeah. i see that so yeah. i went to new york comic-con no a couple of years ago i know uh, as an no. that was maybe the first one i had that wasn't a really small convention that i was an attendee mm-hmm. and that really really sucked and yeah. i hate it. i didn't want to go back i didn't want to go to new york comic-con ever again because i was like these Ugh. crowds suck yeah i've gone back every year since um <laughs> That's, well, I think, but yeah. i still have mixed emotions about it i think there's no, also think if you're gonna go go on thursday well, the problem yeah. is, is I can't always get off on Thursday. So I'm mm. usually there Saturday, Sunday. So it's it's just one of those things that like balance. And I've had since finding my crew and a lot of a lot of people I know, you know, I met because they live in New York City and they vend there because it's the local show. And so that has helped a lot too to know that I will see people that I know that I like. Mm. Um, but that first yeah. year, it was just like I knew Jenny and I think <laughs> that was it. And I, was I mean, lost. that's all you need. I mean, you, yeah, only, but you only need right. Jenny. Stop. Everyone else is just like an add-on. Like Jenny likes to disappear on me. <laughs> hey, in crowds, <gasps> it's very confusing. I just walk very fast. Yes. And I have a mission. I don't know what my mission is. No, I can attest to this. You do that. 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> like when we met Capaldi, she just sprinted <laughs> away. It's a thing to know. She's like, oh my god, that's Peter Capaldi. You should get a photo. So I turned around and asked for a photo, and I turned back around. And I was like, Jenny, where the hell did you just go? She was a block ahead of us. Because she just sprinted <laughs> <Yes>. away. <laughs> I was... There was miscommunication, and I was nervous. <laughs> like, did you mean you just want me to take a yeah. photo with him? <laughs> I've lost you in crowds many a time. Um, and I think it's something that I've actually learned to walk in crowds a little bit better. But I was like, wow, Jenny, I don't walk like you do. Where did you go? <laughs> I walk fast, and I had never seen anybody walk that fast. <laughs> Look, I'm just, I'm just me. I'm just the way I am. Yes. And I love it. I love every moment of it. Every molecule of it. It being you. (laughs) All right. So, like, one question um, that I have. So, like, in times of high stress and anxiety, I like to say to myself, maximum effort. Um, Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. My dirty Don't feelings. ever apologize. That's great. I'm oh, sorry. Not, not, for your, not for your beautiful, wonderful feelings, at least. <laughs> Only if you're but, being a jerk. <laughs> but you're never a jerk with your Akita. Oh, thank you. And yes, it, it is a Deadpool phrase, but I always, I say that because when I'm feeling especially stressed or down, I like to think to myself, am I giving this the best that I can? And even if it's not the best that I can, is it the best that I can do at this moment? And then I revisit it. But like, that's, that's kind of what gets me through a lot of really high stress. But is there like a phrase that you use that you say to yourself that's kind of a mantra that gets you through things? That's a tough question. <laughs> I find that phrases like, like maximum effort are very good at breaking you kind of mm. out of a like, Yes. Like, yeah. Like, if it works I for me. Maximum effort and then like push myself off the bed. I feel like that's <laughs> That's how I get up. What's that? What's that? I I like to wake up to that Shia LaBeouf video (laughs) of him yelling, do it. (laughs) Just do it. Um, I don't know that I have a specific thing but in the same vein. It's not pop culture related, but like my partner and I have devised because I I tend to have more inertia, I think, because there's this book called The Four Tendencies. I recommend it for anyone who really likes personality stuff. It has taught me a lot about things that I wouldn't have thought about in other personality traits, but there are four different personalities, and I can only remember two of them right now. So um, my partner is an upholder, so that's somebody who Mm -hmm. finds it very easy to make a decision and then stick to it. What? (laughs) Like make a goal and then make that goal like immediately versus like I am somebody who my husband does that a little bit more on that and so um because I have figured out that she's an upholder (gasps) will you open that door and let him out yeah give me a second sorry someone's vacuuming and he does not like that beforehand before we started the podcast Rose was like my dog never barks and I was like let's squeeze him I want him to bark (laughs) my dogs bark a lot <laughs> and um, i don't care definitely just proved me wrong um he very rarely barks that loud so that's kind of fun he usually like grumbles a little bit and like it's really grumpy but she's an upholder so because she's an upholder it's very easy for her to make a decision like hey i'm gonna go wash the dishes before bed and then actually go wash the dishes before bed if i say that there's like a 50 percent chance i won't do it sometimes more than that and so i think what we've what we've learned um is that if i count down 
And in a sim in a similar way, I will go three, two, one, and then at one I have to get up from where I'm at. Mm -hmm. That's um, great. And that works. Not every time, but it works often enough. And then one of the things that my therapist and I talk about is okay, so I'm somebody who likes to do dishes once I get started, but I, I don't get started very often. And so she says, like, okay, why don't you just make a pact that you're gonna do three dishes a day? And what we find is that like if I do three dishes a day, I'm actually gonna do more than three dishes a day, right? So I'm gonna yeah. actually get all yeah. the dishes done. Um, but I can also stop at three. So it's giving yourself permission to stop at whatever number you've set. So if I'm only going to do three minutes of exercise, I am more than welcome to stop after three minutes. If I'm only going to wash three dishes after I've done my three dishes, I can walk away. Um, and it's a really good strategy for me to, to face that inertia a little bit that I get when I just really want to like chill and not do anything. Um, but I also advocate for chilling and not doing anything at appropriate I, levels. <laughs> I think it's easiest to do your dishes if you do them as you're cooking. Yeah. That's what I usually tell people to do. And <laughs> I don't know, most yeah. people I've told to do, or like advised to do that. And once they start doing it, it becomes easier for them. Because no, then when you're, because then when you're done cooking, there's no dishes other than the one that you're eating with. Yes. And yeah. that is the smartest strategy. Um, I'll let you know if I ever accomplish that. Okay. I try that, but sometimes I just don't get to do that. And I also think okay. a lot. That's okay. Just be like five million bowls in the sink. And I mean, you can't I always don't. do it. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. No. Yeah. So, so your dog just barked and I know that your dog is a therapy dog. So I need to hear about this. How did, why did you decide to do that? Has it helped you? Do you get to bring him to work? What, what? What was the process like? I need to know these things. <laughs> yeah. So um, I found my dog on the street in May of 2016, 2017. Oh, baby angel. <laughs> well, how long? 2017, because I graduated in 2016. Oh. So 2017, May 2017, I had actually just moved into this apartment. We actually had not unpacked everything. We needed curtains. And so we went to get curtains. And on our way back, there was this little dude by himself <laughs> an adventure crossing the street. And so... <laughs> We pulled over and watched him for a few minutes and tried to find his owner and all of that. And no one came forward. So now he's my dog. Um, but from day one, he's he's about, we we estimate about seven or eight years old, um, judging Aww. by what that says. So he's fully grown. He's only 12 pounds, but he has been our rock through a lot of stuff, right? And I know Danielle has talked a lot about her dog. And if she hasn't on the podcast, I definitely recommend you do it. I really have Mm -hmm. I, I really haven't talked about my my dog, my oldest dog, or my puppies yet. They have their own Instagram. But... Nah, <laughs> also has his own Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it's because he has a great name. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we found him on the street, and he he's always been chill, um, and he's been pretty well trained. Um, but I started thinking about ways in which, um, I like to make things that in my life that that I like work together, right? And so part of that was I work at a college campus. Therapy dogs are very popular on college campuses, particularly around finals. And we had one on campus, but I thought, you know, well, maybe we could use another one. And it was part selfish, part wanting <laughs> to have something use. You know, it, it is both and, right? So it's recognizing that what he does for me is something that he could do for other people. And so I was going to go get him obedience trained anyway, because even though he knew, like, sit and lay down, 
he wasn't too good on the other stuff. Um, and in, in, in fact, in point, like it just gave me structure in order to like work with him. So I actually took him all the way through um, to therapy dog. And then we took the test in September of 2018 so just a couple months ago mm -hmm. and passed with flying colors so there's a temperament test um where basically your dog has to be okay with a lot of different things people tug it on ears paws tails you know um basically all these different tests to show that they just wouldn't have any aggression towards people or other animals and so that's part one of the test and then part two is obedience in terms of who the trainer is and who he his handler is and so um i had to pass that part of the test essentially and so he had to leave treats on the ground he had to you know not interact with another dog if they were in the same space um i can't think of other things but oh they drop something really loud and they can like react and like look at it but they can't get like overstimulated um and so there's there there is a whole training process but honestly he made it really easy for me i'm not gonna lie um so he is an officially trained therapy dog now we are certified we are a handler dog team and he is allowed so i have to do six events for the organization that i am certified with so he does we did one at a middle school a couple weeks ago that was great middle schools are a lot oh. um uh yeah <laughs> they're just a lot they just are very excited but i got to hear a lot about um you know their own dogs and and their own struggles and stuff like that because what i find is that if you have a therapy dog people will actually talk to you way more yeah. um while they're petting the dog and so hopefully my goal is to have him on campus at least once a week with me um in sessions uh possibly that i have with students um and if not in like small group settings because i think he actually does a lot better with small groups because he's such a tiny dog so right uh, i highly recommend that if you think your dog has the temperament for it looking into it because it brings me a lot of joy and i think he really loves knowing when he's working and that he's working and interacting with people yeah so. yeah i mean there's nothing better than getting to hang out with your dog all day yes yes and also like dogs like working they like they pleasing their they like pleasing their owner they like having a thing to do yeah yeah everybody who's ever like, met lego says he's obsessed with me but i'm like no it's just because he really likes what he's doing so he wants to know if he's doing it right yeah like if like if your dog is being like out of control it's likely that he's bored and yeah. wants to be doing something like yeah i ben uh, my husband ben is a high school teacher and we hit our puppies are like five months old oh so we're trying to get the principal to agree to letting him like bring them in the day before winter break to like do a little puppy party i was like now i know i was like i was like, I was like there that exists companies exist that just bring puppies to companies yeah to like yeah calm people yeah. down no that happens now i'm like i didn't know that dogs and trainers had to go through so much just to become like a therapy oh, yeah. dog. It's and a lot, yeah. So there's a difference between a therapy dog and an emotional support animal, right? So right. an emotional support animal actually technically doesn't need to go through any training. Um, because that's also different than a service dog. Yep. Um, yes. And so yeah. So I will own that, you know, Lego went through a lot to get his certification. Wow. And um I appreciate him that much more for it. So Yeah, it's all it's like there's also just the throw this in there because you see service dogs a uh, pretty frequent amount at conventions in my opinion yeah, yeah. Uh, please don't ever 
like go up and pet them and mm-hmm. distract them job. like they are working they are they are doing their job at that moment in time like if the owner wants them to be pet they will they will let you know right yeah it's actually been it could really cool i was surprised at the amount of people who actually asked to pet lego um he had his therapy dog vest on but a lot of people thought he was a service dog and i was like that's actually really good i that's the protocol right so like always ask um but you know the fact is is that like the difference between lego and a a service animal is that he is there to be pet always ask first Um, but therapy dogs are meant to be pet. That's their job. It's a pretty good rule for dogs in general. Like, S first, but... Yeah. Just because I find that... I think it's really rude to just go up to another person's, like, pet and pet it without your permission because Mm -hmm. that person doesn't know you. You don't know what they're dealing with or what they have to be going to do, whether they're in a rush or not. I mean, a service dog, honestly, you shouldn't even ask if you could pet it. Like, the owner will, will just let people know if they if the dog is not working at the moment and can be pet, like you could throw off their whole day. Yeah. Go dogs. <laughs> Good dogs. Dogs are the best things on earth. We don't deserve them. Yeah. We don't deserve I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I did to deserve three dogs, but um, they're all really soft and cute. <laughs> I don't I don't have a dog. I have a cat. But- you deserve a dog. But <laughs> I mean, cat- I'm not anti-cat. I just, I just really like dogs. My cat is very, very friendly. Like, he's friends with all of my friends. Yeah, well, that's good, friend. then. I bet your cat. cat. He likes a good cat. Good cat. Ah. He loves the exterminator in our building. And we've had three. And all of them he's made friends with. <laughs> he's a precious little smoosh. And I guess he knows I'm talking about him because he just got up and like looked at me. He was <laughs> Remus. My yeah. little Harry Potter cat. <laughs> hey Danielle, what's your Instagram for your dog? Marauders Mutts. Cool. <laughs> Legos is at Lego Lepup. So L E G O L E P U P. We can we so can tag it on uh yeah. when we make a post on Instagram and Facebook. I don't know if show notes are a thing because I don't actually even know what show notes are, but I hear other podcasts talk about show notes. Jenny so. <laughs> can always put them in show notes. I've been juggling the idea of getting an Instagram for my cat. But it's hard to photograph a black cat because they just look like a black cutout. Also, no matter what surface you put them on. The light in the apartment is not great. No. I'll take pictures of him against my pink wall. Oh. My pink, my pink I mean, not every single picture. Can you imagine? Yes, every single yes. picture. Right? Yes. That'll be the backdrop. It'll be like a little silhouette, cat. like running yeah. along a pink wall. It'll be cute. Yeah, it'll be so cute. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, I didn't have an Instagram for my adult dog until I got the puppies. And it was, it was just a matter of time, though, because <laughs> I talk about Nort so obsessively yeah. much on he's my Facebook. Good but... He's a good baby, though. He's good. Oh, he is. He is. I mean, you were talking about, like, pulling ears and, or, pull, yeah, pulling ears and tails and stuff. Like, I made sure that since he was a little baby, I was pulling his ears and his tail and kissing his face a bunch. That way, in case any little kids ever did that, he wouldn't yeah. snap at them. Yeah, yeah, me too. My cat is great with loves children. My cousin comes over. She's been coming and being with my cat for as long. I've had my cat seven years now, and I've been living back home in the city for like last five. And she's just always been around him since she was like five years old. And loves this cat and she's always like all up in him all up in the cat's business i think also 
animals like know that they can't treat children the same way as adults yes which is kind of wild like i i foster cats often and yeah i I love the pictures yeah i don't have anyone right now (laughs) thank goodness i'm a little bit tired but um our last crew like none of them went to homes with children but i did have uh, a pair that went and you know they were feisty but with the kids they knew like this little four-year-old girl was gonna be picking him up and carrying him around and i was like does he show any aggression with her and you know their new mom was like no not at all he knows he knows he's got to put up with it oh my you god that's so cute for adults I, so. I think that it's the sweetest animals and young children yeah. yeah they know they know so i can't hear you while you're crying through your hand <laughs> this is so cute animals and little ones <laughs> yeah my niece was my, my nephew and niece were just here but my niece is like two years old and she's obsessed with nort oh. so she just wants like kiss and hug and cuddle with him the whole time she's here That's awesome. and it's my favorite thing in the freaking universe <laughs> yeah my my younger one of my younger sisters she's five now but she's she's been to my apartment and she's effectively sadly afraid of my cat and my cat, all he wants to do is love her. And he understands that she is kind of scared and not used to being around animals and likes to give her the space to get acclimated with him, See, which is it's really amazing. Nice. They're amazing. Anim- yeah. Animals, we don't deserve them. Mm-hmm. Rose, let's cut this dog and cat tangent for a moment. Okay. <laughs> do you, as upsetting as that makes me. Uh, do you have any helpful numbers or websites or anything uh, if anyone wants more information on... Um, just like anxiety or health education or just anything in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jenny and I talked about this briefly beforehand because I was like, you know, um, I've got this app that I use every day. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's a little bit, it's kind of what you make of it. So it's called Dailyo, D-A-Y-L-I-O. And it's a free app. Uh, you can pay like $3 to get it with no ads, which, you know, could be worth it. I actually did pay once I started using it. I usually go through a trial period of like, am I actually going to use this app? And then if I am going to actually use that, I'm okay giving the money. In the same way, you know, like small businesses, you know, like if I'm actually going to use a product, I'm going to send them money. You know what I mean? And so um, it's called Dailyo. And what it basically does is um, once a day, it prompts you to put in your mood for the day uh, and what activities you did. And then you can also free write. I choose probably not to free write unless something like happens in particular. So I use it as a mood tracker more than anything else. And what it's helped me realize is it gives you monthly statistics and then actually have yearly statistics as well. Um, and what I've realized is that Tuesdays are my worst day um, and Saturdays wow. are my best day. And so I have almost a year's worth of data now and I find it incredibly helpful for just sort of judging how my own cycles run um just in terms of mood right and so i find that i'll have two weeks where i'm feeling up and very very productive and two weeks where i kind of get nothing done and so one of the things that i'm working on now is when i recognize that i'm in that productive cycle what can i do to put in place for when i'm not feeling productive that means i'm not zero percent productive during those two weeks um so putting things into place you know one of the things i've been thinking about is like social media i've really hated social media recently um and so maybe on my up cycles you know scheduling a few posts for my down cycle so that way they automatically post so that way content is still coming out without you know me having to really think about it when i'm not 
feeling in a good place for it. So yeah. Delio. Delio's messy. So it sounds like Tuesdays are the days you need to bring Lego to work with you. Yeah, he's supposed to come on Tuesdays and Thursdays, hopefully, if everything nice. works out. And I also have therapy on Tuesdays, so um, nice. it's a good ca- end cap to what is usually a pretty crappy day. So Sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not that Tuesdays I have therapy and I feel like crap at therapy, but it's really <laughs> helpful. By the end of the day, yes. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. We know how therapy works. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not I, everyone does. I always <laughs> like... The times that you don't want to go to therapy, like the times when you're like, I just, last thing I want to do is go to therapy. Yes. Those are the days you should go. Yes, definitely. Because you don't always have to talk about some horribly traumatic thing that happened. Like therapy is just supposed to be updating about your week, essentially. Yeah. And talking through things. I do a lot of talking through things and what happened and, and what I'm thinking about doing in the next week. It's a little bit of outside accountability too, which I like. Yes. Yeah, that's my recommendation. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. We're not done, but <laughs> I mean, but I but I appreciate you and I love having you on. Uh, do, so we have like a little geek sesh thing that we're doing every week. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were watching. Sorry to bother you. What you haven't seen no. yet, right? <gasps> you haven't seen it. No. Okay. I'll just chill while you guys talk. You know what I mean? Like I can go, I can go get Jenny and I like coffee and breakfast. Okay. Yeah. Bye. I hope you watched it. Bye. Thanks for being on. (laughs) So yeah, we're having a geek sesh. It's, there's going to be spoilers. It's for sorry to bother you. Mm -hmm. I watched it last night when I got home. Yeah. I watched it. It is. Uh, absolutely amazing. Do, uh, do either of you guys want to give like a summary of it? I'm very bad at summarizing things without just like spoiling the whole <laughs> plot. Well, do we not want to spoil? The no, whole no, plot? no, no. We, no, we, we can, we can. I'm just still bad at some summarizing things. <laughs> I think someone else should because I, I can do it. Yeah, I, I, kind of I know. I was it. really looking at you, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So basically, it's a a dark um, dark comedy about a a man named Cassius Green who uh, starts a new job in a telemarketing firm and he uh, uses his white voice to kind of go up the ranks and like um, he just he discovers kind of like the shady shit that's going on behind the scenes and it pivots real hard into science fiction like midway through. I forgot um, that it's a science fiction movie, and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it's probably one of the most disturbing pivots I've seen, but it does pivot. Um, and so it's like a social commentary about race and capitalism, mm-hmm. which uh, I enjoyed. Um, what, do you, what do you guys think? I loved it. Uh, it made me super uncomfortable the entire time I was watching it, which mm-hmm. I think it should, because I think white people should be uncomfortable more often. It, <laughs> I, I've never seen a movie that intersected race and capitalism quite like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, what do you it think, Akira? So good. I didn't love it. I mean, I didn't dislike okay. it. I did enjoy. I enjoyed the film. I thought it touched upon a lot of like issues between race and capitalism that I tend that I've already like seen in the world and know and not that I understand that it 
how it happens, but I know that it's happening. I was just, I've, I spent a lot of the movie confused because I don't usually watch a lot of commentary on like the society we live in. I tend to not watch those. So this was something new for me and I didn't quite, one, I didn't know what to expect going into it because from watching the trailers and then finally seeing what it was actually about, I was like, oh my God, this is completely different than what I was expecting. I didn't even watch a trailer. I just went in cold. Yeah. I felt, yeah, I had watched trailers of it from when I was like when I was going to some movies this summer it would come on and I just thought it would be like a com I, I knew it was like social commentary, but I thought it was just gonna be social commentary on how people of color, specifically black people, kind of navigate a work environment. It went like a completely different turn. Mm-hmm. Which I just So yeah, so I'm kind of in between where um I loved um, I thought it was funny. There were some moments in it that were hilarious, I thought. Like, for example, when him and uh, the main character, Cassius, and his friend were having that aggressive oh my God, that's... compliment battle. <laughs> yes. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was <laughs> adorable. Um, and it's like, is it going to escalate into fighting? Not, no, it's not. They're complimenting oh, yeah. each other yeah. still. I hope you have a good week. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope, I, I want to raise you up. And like super, super aggressively. Um, you so, smell good. Song... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, and it's so anti-capitalist, which I love. Uh, because I feel like, I mean, but, like, but it literally like- is about how capitalism turns people into workhorses. Mm-hmm. Literally. And like, <laughs> like, and like metaphorically, sure, but also literally in this movie. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, that CGI freaked me the it fuck out. It did. I watched that at yeah. night. I last pro- night. I, sh- I wanted to warn you guys, but also I didn't want to spoil. No. no. I'm glad you didn't oh, warn yeah. us because it made me super uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> it was like... It was almost traumatic to me personally. Yes, <laughs> like it was just like holy shit. Yeah, but, like, I had to rewind it a couple of times. Which I, I guess they want you to do. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I just thought it was like a genius. I don't. I don't know. Like, like the fact that he had to use a a white people voice to be able to get ahead in this company and to be able to make sales is like so telling about what our country is actually like. Yeah. And it's right. depressing as hell. Yeah. No, I mean, I have my own white people voice as well. Because I oh am God. a Caribbean American and I'm Black. Oh, but no, God, that hurts me. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I feel as though that I've been at my job now long enough that people don't care how I speak. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But... It should not matter at all. It, it shouldn't so matter. I'm but so when sorry. I, you know, yeah, no, when I go on interviews, I have to change my sometimes i'll even go as far as like straightening my hair for interviews which i don't have straight hair but yeah i kind of changed my entire demeanor to be a little bit more like accepting and presentable to to the industry which is predominantly white and white women and they Mm -hmm. yeah like they want like they want the diversity but they don't want what comes with diversity unfortunately yeah. yeah, yeah, I have, I have my white voice. It's yeah. When I say I love that, when I say I love that movie, I mean I think it was like brilliantly written. Yeah, right. I think like I don't love what's happening in that movie. Obviously, <laughs> I hate what's happening in that movie. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, other than uh, Tessa's earrings, 
which are yeah. oh my gosh yeah, I, are. I have a friend that has them and i'm just like please send me the links so which ones the kill murder oh, oh my God. yeah they're just they're all great i love i loved i loved her character detroit though in this yes. like she stood yes, for what she believed in even though some some parts of it were a little <laughs> like her art show i don't understand was, art <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, I, and when she was doing that art show, she was using white people voice. So I wonder if that yeah. art project was like part of that. Yeah, no. Yeah, there's probably a lot of layers to it that I didn't understand. Yeah, yeah. And okay. I saw that Lily Collins was the her white people voice. Like there was, a, it was a different recording. Her white voice was portrayed by Lily Collins, um, but. My white voice is me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm saying, and then just stop saying element. sorry. No, yeah, don't. I mean, you can say sorry as much as I apologize but, for telling you to stop saying sorry. I know that's an anxiety okay. thing, and I should not be telling you to stop say, saying sorry. No, you should. I just, I just personally don't think that you have anything to say sorry for. Yeah, no, I feel. Yeah, they also talked about how Cassius was a, like a whitish kind of black guy. Right. Yeah, which is super offensive. That is. Well, yeah, like, they're not white that's... black people. No, that's <laughs> yeah. Within the black community, there is kind of like elements of that. that. Right? Yes, I grew up with that. Unfortunately, grow. I grew up being called white, or I talk white, or I act white for liking things that weren't stereotypically of the black or African American assortment or of the Caribbean assortment because my family is Caribbean and because I didn't like soca music as much or because i wanted to go out and eat sushi they're like that's so wise and i'm just like (laughs) i'm just being me and there is no there's no one there's no single definition on how to be black or how to be a person of color like you can have several interests and still be who you are and sometimes it still bothers me because my sisters do it to me still and I know they're still they're into some of the same things that I am, but I what bothers me it's like at the end of the day, if I get pulled over by the cops, I'm still black to them, no matter how I talk, right. no matter how I present myself, no matter what level of education I have, like that I feel like that is a problematic thing within like the black and African American community is understanding that there is no one right way to be black and to call somebody white just for having different interests it's detrimental to their mental health and that's something that mm-hmm. i've kind of had to overcome a lot and still I'm so- am i'm sorry that you deal with that uh we're definitely gonna have a whole episode on how problematic yeah. it is um that like white people will refer to some black people as like a black white person don't call us oreos don't like call that. us oreos. holy shit <laughs> <laughs> that's you know- a thing <laughs> that is a People, uh, I call them banana. What? Oh Yellow on the outside, one on the inside. I've uh, never heard of that. Uh, oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. is just going to be me apologizing on behalf of fucking stupid white people. <laughs> so sorry. Um, wow. To the movie, though. Yes. <laughs> the movie. Um, 
we had there were some surprise people I didn't know were in the movie, like Stephen Yuen and Army Hammer. Yeah. For example. Yeah. yeah. Stephen um I think did a really good job. But squeeze, what Squeeze, yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, that's a name. That's a real name. <laughs> he was hilarious. He's like the, <laughs> he's kind of like the practical, like this is what yeah, you yeah. actually do in the real world yeah. kind of uh person, you know? Mm-hmm. Which I liked. And Army is very good at playing the privileged white CEO. Oh, Steve Lift? Yeah. yeah. Oh I my god, I, the that. first time he was on the screen, I laughed out loud. I was like, what is this guy? <laughs> but that's the truth of it. Yeah. That's how a lot of CEOs talk and behave and see it as, like, they're really helping the world when it's not. It's kind of like more harmful in a way and you're taking away mm-hmm. people's rights and like freedom not this in a way it is it, it, it is yes it is <laughs> but yeah if, you, that's, if, you, if you're dehumanizing people it's uh pretty they're common. literally dehumanizing people <laughs> they are no longer humans they were well they equisapiens yeah <laughs> thank you equisapiens <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry for anyone that we ruined this like twist in the movie for, yes. but it's fucking crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Please, uh, yeah, even though I didn't enjoy it, just because I don't watch films like this as much, I I did get a lot that I did. There was a lot of takeaway from it, and I would recommend mm-hmm. to still watch it, even if you're not like a social commentary like movie watcher. Like, still watch right. it. Please. Um. What I wanted more of actually was the kind of before it became even science fiction at all. There was like, like really, uh, I I don't, I don't know if it's called magic realism or what, but like there'd be moments where, for example, as a telemarketer, he would drop into someone's living room. Oh, that was so cool! Yeah, that was. And like when he became when he started getting money again, uh, well, in general, <laughs> not, I don't know. If yeah. <laughs> uh, money in general and he moved to a much better place there his like <laughs> he and um Te- i forgot tessa's character's name detroit. detroit were just they're making out in bed and then around yes. them the the apartment just became a much more high upscale apartment which like the world was changing just, around them literally right, like, which yeah. i loved i wish there were more elements like that because that was what was in the trailers um yeah. as well and i want to see more of that cool film aspect of it what my biggest takeaway from the film was for cassius and for anyone who doesn't know uh cassius was the birth name for muhammad ali for anyone oh is my god any- okay yeah that's what i when i watched this i was like wait is his last name gonna be clay too but it was green cassius <laughs> green not cassius clay but one of my biggest takeaways just it was like how what he was faced with when he got the promotion and being a black male or black person in that role where his friends are protesters protesting mm-hmm. the company, but he has like he has a duty to his family at the moment yeah. to be to be the breadwinner and to make money and to be able to provide for them. And that's one of the things that's really hard about being a black person working in a predominantly white environment is the things you kind of have to subject yourself to in order to be able to provide even though it might not be the healthiest environment and you can't necessarily speak up about it 
one because you don't want to put your your income at risk Mm -hmm. and then two because when you're a person of color black and you're working in a predominantly white environment no one's going to have the same social understandings of things that you have to deal with within the company and within like your daily interactions and how you're talking to and dealing with all these people that's not yeah I'm sure I was going with that, but yeah, that's like, that's what I took away from it. Yeah. Yeah. I I felt stressed out the whole time and it doesn't even uh, affect me technically. I'm a white privileged woman. I was just like stressed out and uncomfortable the whole time, like thinking about what he has to go to and the fact that, you know, there's a big portion of the movie where he has to be villainized for like like choosing to make money, essentially. Yeah, and it's specifically talking about the black experience, but it can kind of yeah, you can talk about you can it can kind of extend to the Latina or Latino experience as well. Yeah, but yeah, you can't help but be empathetic. If you watch that movie and you don't and you aren't empathetic and you aren't at least a little bit uncomfortable, like I don't know how to feel about you anymore. Yeah, but yeah, so I I thought it was an important movie to watch. I think so too. Like I, I don't know. I'm really happy you suggested it personally thank you yeah (laughs) thanks it was on my list of things to watch but it was one of those i need to watch something new and then put on bob's burgers for like (laughs) time. it's so easy to rewatch the stuff you know you love yeah i find myself often just like mouthing along to the show because i know it word for word now all of it it's so yeah being able to watch something new and experience it for the first time that yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I hope you guys check it out. Yes. And thanks. Yeah. Thanks for listening mm-hmm. to us. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, if you like what you hear, subscribe, review, and rate us. Our social medias are at fandom and wellness on Instagram. Fandom and wellness on Facebook. And fandom wellness on Twitter. So remember, be kind and take no shit. Bye. Bye. Bye.